Greetings and welcome to The Second Question, a podcast for educators and those who love education. I'm your host, Martin Silverman, a public school educator from beautiful San Antonio, Texas. Now, let's answer the second question. Hello and welcome to The Second Question, a podcast for educators and people who love education. And this is our third episode. I'm looking so forward to this episode because Three has always been a really significant number for me. But before I get into that, I do want to uh, let you know this is being recorded. It's my first episode of 2021. And so I want to wish all of you a happy new year and uh, hope that uh, 2021 is better to us than 2020 was. Glad to see 2020 go. But again, back to the number three being significant. So... In my life, the number three has always meant something to me. Get this. I was born in the third week of the third month of the year in a year that was evenly divisible by three. I was born three days before my mother turned 33, and I joined my family that had three sisters. Here's a little bit more. Brenda and I, my wife, have been married for 33 years, and we have three kids, two grandkids, but guess what? Number three is on her way, and she's due in about three months. I have three kids, Elena, Evan, and Easton, and they're all so different, even though they grew up in the same house. And we're going to talk about that specifically You know, when I think about how we become great educators, when we have groups of students, if you're a teacher, uh, you know, you have 20 to 100 and whatever students in your class or classes, and even though a lot of them have very similar experiences, uh, not identical experiences, but similar experiences, they all are different in so many ways. And if you want to get a microcosm of that, I think about my own three kids. So get this. They're all raised in the same house, obviously, same parents. Uh, We've lived in our house. It'll be 25 years this spring. So, uh, you know, very rooted and um, not very chaotic in that way. But all three kids are pretty different. So my oldest is my daughter, Elena. And whenever I talk about her, I always feel like I have to go into Brooklyn accent. Elena's my beautiful daughter, my pride and joy. And Elena is so kind-hearted. She's super responsible. She's the only girl and the oldest, so she's super responsible. She you know, was a hard worker when she was in school. And she's a hard worker now, and she went into one of the helping professions. She's a social worker, and uh, she works in a nursing home. And she and Andy are parents of my beautiful granddaughter, Lila. My second child, Evan, is quiet and sensitive and kind of a deep thinker. He uh, sees connections in everything, 
and really honestly could have been a spectacular student, but school was just not for him. He had great grades, don't get me wrong. He graduated high school with honors. Um, he did what he needed to do because he's a hard worker, but school was not his thing. And luckily, as so many of my colleagues talk about, we have the option for uh, kids to do career in tech um, paths. And Evan finally fell into, I'm going to say fell into, he, he looked around and he found the one that he liked. And he is an HVAC technician. He uh, finds great uh, challenge and I don't know if I'd say joy, but uh, definitely satisfaction in that work. And he and Sapphire are parents to my handsome grandson, Ivan. And then my third child is Easton. And Easton is, uh, for anybody that knows him, he is like a friend to everybody. There's nobody in the world that's a stranger to Easton. He's funny. He's fun. He's uh, complex. He's a little bit OCD. He doesn't like things left hanging, and he likes to make sure all his... Um, T's are crossed and his eyes dotted. And he and Barbara, his wife, are waiting for the birth of our beautiful granddaughter, Emilia, coming up. And Easton is um, the one of the three that went into education as a profession. And when I say he went into it, he's uh, actively going into it right now. He started working uh, as an after-school program aid in, you know, one of the local schools, and he was recognized by one of the teachers at the school as having a specific capacity for working well with special education students. And so she asked him if he would consider doing his college in the evenings uh, or online and coming to work as a paraprofessional in her life skills class. This is in a middle school. And so he's done that now. This is his third year doing that. He's a senior at Stephen F. Austin State University uh, here in Texas, and he is uh, in his student teaching semester now. And um, partially because he's going into a high-need field, he's, allowing, he's been allowed to work and do his student teaching at the same time. So he's student teaching in his class uh, in uh, the middle school, working with the special needs life skills students. And... Uh, I've been looking forward to having a guest on this show, and so naturally I thought for my third episode, I should have as a guest my third child, Easton Silverman. And so here is my boy, Easton Silverman. So here I am with my first guest, Easton Silverman, first guest ever on this podcast. How are you doing, Easton? Doing good. You're doing good. Um, I'm going to tell you what I always tell you whenever um, you call me and I put you on speaker. You know what that is, right? <laughs> yeah. What do I always tell you? <laughs> Watch my language. Exactly. Watch your language and don't say anything ridiculous. Um, I was excited to have you as my first guest because this is the third episode and you're my third kid. And so I thought that would be appropriate. What do you, do you think? Yeah, that's funny. Smart. Yeah. Uh, as usual, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Easton, um, 
you are becoming a teacher. Yes? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. How's that going? What's the best part of it so far? Well, the best part of it so far has been, you know, getting to see the ins and outs of uh, what teachers actually do. Uh, I feel that sometimes, you know, when we're when we were students in school, we never realized how much work uh, or teachers were doing. And so when we thought when teachers were getting mad during lessons and, you know, we didn't realize why. You know, they do a lot of work and it takes a lot of work to prepare for lessons and getting re things ready and just making things, making sure things go smoothly. They're very important um, for teachers to do. And so I think I really enjoyed like learning how to do all that and all the behind the scenes stuff that students don't really understand. Is it weird for you because you're a student teaching at a school that you went to? No, um, I actually think. It's more of an advantage. It makes me feel comfortable. Um, I know the school. Uh, I know where things are at. I don't really need to ask questions. Uh, I know the staff for the most part. And so I feel real comfortable being there. And um, it's cool. It's like a trip down memory lane, you know, because when I was in eighth grade, you know, and deciding like teaching was the route that I wanted to to go in, you know, I get to see where it started. So it's kind of nostalgic for me. Are you calling any of them by their first name? Oh, never. <laughs> uh, I can't. You can't even bring even with my mentor teacher, I, I still have to call her the by uh, her last name. Awesome. So, what are you most uh, worried about moving from being an aide to being a teacher? What's the thing that's got you most concerned? The thing that has me most concerned is, well, I wouldn't say I'm really concerned about it because I feel I'm going to learn a lot as I go. Well, I think that being an aide has helped me to be prepared. So I wouldn't say I'm really worried. Um, I guess the thing that I just want to make sure that I'm prepared for is the paperwork aspect of it and the, um, like the, the, even the behind the scenes things that I don't get to see as the IA that uh, the teachers get to do, like in the faculty meetings and um, those things, uh, I haven't got to go to a faculty meeting yet, or I haven't been, you know, had to go to a faculty meeting yet. And so um, I haven't got to see how that stuff goes and all the paperwork. I've gotten to see some of it, but not all of it. So I want to make sure by the end of my student teaching that I've at least, um, got to work on a little bit of paperwork and uh, things like that. But as far as teaching the students and preparing lessons and creating things, uh, I, yeah, I'm not really worried about that at all. Uh, my mentor teacher has done a great job of preparing me. Well, good. And that goes kind of along with my next question, because I was going to ask you, who do you feel like is helping you be successful in your student teaching so that you could be a good teacher? Well, my mentor teacher, she's helped me out a lot. Um, you should I've name her. So, you should name her so that if she listens, she can hear her own name. Oh, Miss Steph. Uh, Miss Steph, she's been she's been great. She's really taken me under her wing the last four years, really. Before I even was an IA, she was already helping me when I was working for Learning Tree. Um, 
giving me tips and tricks here and there, but uh, she's really taken care of me and she showed me the ropes and she showed me really how to, to do everything and making me a well-rounded um, IA. She's taught me how to, you know, how to treat people and who's important and just everything that I've needed to know. Um, she gives me a lot of uh, responsibility even before I was student teaching. And so um, she's really just had me prepared since my first year. By the end of the first year, I felt like I could have been a teacher, honestly. Um, obviously, with me being a IA for three years, I feel like I can just walk in there now and get things ready and I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I noticed you didn't mention uh, your mom or me. Oh, I mean, y'all help me. <laughs> obviously, y'all motivate me. Y'all have motivated me through school and everything. But as far as, you know, I'm an IA in special education. So you and mom haven't really had to deal with too much in that field. Not saying that you don't go in there and everything. But I mean, Miss Steph has helped me for the teacher that I want to be. She's been there. Y'all have motivated me through everything, obviously. Well, I'll give you that one. Um, and I'll remember it too, if you call either one of us to help you with a class project, something that you're working on, I'll remember that as well. <laughs> so Easton, what advice would you give to someone who wanted to become a teacher? The advice that I would give would be to, you know, going into teaching is a very, uh, it's an interesting job. And, you know, you have to really want to be a teacher. Uh, it can't just be something that you're like, oh, I'm just going to go to school to be a teacher. Uh, I feel like if you have that uh, mindset that you're not going to be very successful because, you know, teachers don't get paid the greatest in the world. So for when you weigh that out, you know, you really want, like, you really have to want to be a teacher. Um, and always, you know, just do some research and find things that you would want to do as far as a teacher, you know, don't just say like, oh, I just want to be a teacher. If, you know, if there's a, if there's a certain subject that you want to teach, make sure you get the information or if you have the opportunity to go substitute or, um, you know, go into those rooms and just watch, you know, make sure that that's really what you want to do. And that would be for anything, but like, make sure that's, this is what you want to do before you go into the field. Because, you know, like I said at the beginning, um, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that you might have not known as a student um, that goes on as far as being a teacher. And so you just want to make sure you're prepared for um, the job. Definitely. You know, I noticed you mentioned about um, kind of finding out about what the different uh, subjects and all that entail, because you didn't initially go in thinking you were going to be a special education teacher, did you? No. I At, th at first, I thought I wanted to be a, either a middle school or a high school math teacher and realized and so that special education was, after working in Learning Tree, working one-on-one -on -one with uh, special education students, it made me realize that that was the route that I wanted to go instead. So I, I remember you telling me about... Um, when you started working with a specific 
special education student that kind of changed your thinking. Uh, do you remember that that experience? Oh yeah, of course. It was uh, at Learning Tree. I think it was my second year at Learning Tree, and I wasn't even her teacher. Um, the little girl. Um, I was the third grade teacher, but one day they needed my help watching this class for a minute and she was in the class and I just started talking to her and I don't know I just like it made me feel good like she needed help with things I was able to help her and I don't know it just really like changed my mind and I was like man like I would rather work with with them like with these types of students it makes me feel better than working with the students that I was working with of course I loved my students um, I love all the students that I've worked with, but I don't know. It just made me feel more accomplished, I guess, um, when I was helping her than with the others. You know, I remember you telling me that um, one of the things that you wanted to do as a special education teacher was to kind of almost educate the people who were not special education teachers uh, about the abilities of your kids. Of course. And I still want to do that to this day. I feel that uh, a lot of time and with any teacher, you know, I would recommend any teacher that doesn't know much about um, special education. And if they're just interested or curious about the curriculum that these students learn, that if they have the time and, you know, and they're able to to go visit and into a life skills classroom and just see the the type of stuff that we're teaching these these uh, students because it's amazing you know you life skills is something that you don't you would just think you know you learn it you know it um, it comes natural to you but for these students it doesn't come natural so it's more teaching these kids how to be prepared for outside of school than just always drilling them on academics. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And also it, um, I, I know that one of the things you're concerned about is that, I don't know about concern, but maybe concern is a good word, is you want to make sure that the students that you teach are uh, looked at as respectfully, maybe is a good word, as all the other students. Well, of course, you know, I want all the students in our class to be treated like everybody else is being treated in the school. There's there's no reason and there shouldn't be treated differently just because they're in special education, you know, um, because once, like I said, once they're out of school, no one's going to be giving them special treatment. Um, life doesn't do that for you. So there's no reason that we should be starting that in school either. You know, they need to know that they're welcomed in the community and, you know, they can figure out, you know, they need to be able to do that stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So Easton, you know, the title of my podcast is the second question. And the second question is um, the second question of my teacher interviews when I'm interviewing somebody to become a teacher. And here's the question and I want your answer. Okay. You ready? Okay. Yeah. So the question is, who is the best teacher you ever had and why were they the best? That's a tough one. Um, I would say that the best teacher that I ever had was uh, Miss Spurlock, um, my English teacher at uh, Brennan. I had her, I believe, sophomore and uh, junior year of high school. 
Um, she was just an, a great teacher, uh, very respectful, and the, one of the reasons that I really enjoyed her class was, well, I've always struggled in English um, and writing, and that's always just been not my strong point of uh, learning, but Miss Spurlock really helped me uh, to become a better writer, a better reader, and I just really enjoyed the way that she did it. She never made me feel um, like if I had grammar issues or uh, there was weird sentences that she knew that I could do better. She never was negative on me about it. She would just, you know, she would tell me the positives before she would tell me any negative. She would go through my papers and let me know like, oh, like this is really good. And then she would show me how I could tweak it to make it sound better. And then whenever we might have another essay to write, she would, you know, be able to compare both of them and see like, oh, he is listening to what I'm saying. And then she would show me, you know, like, look, Easton, you're, you were able to, you know, to do this. And then it made me feel accomplished and it made me feel not as bad of a, as I thought I was in English. And so, I mean, I couldn't thank her enough for that. And also I really, uh, liked how she spoke to not just me, but to all the kids in the class, she didn't talk to us like we were, you know, necessarily teenagers, you know, she talked to us like she would be talking to another adult, which I have always liked in a teacher. I don't like to be talked down on or talked to like you're belittling me. I just want you to talk to me like we're having a conversation if you're trying to correct something um, that I'm doing wrong instead of just negative and, you know, sitting there and just telling you what you're doing wrong and never mentioning anything that I did good. Um, I never enjoyed that. And Miss Spurlock was great about that with all the kids. And that's why I think everybody um, that had Miss Spurlock really, really enjoyed her class. That is so awesome. And I hope that uh, Miss Spurlock gets a chance to hear uh, this episode so she can hear uh, about the influence she had on you. All right, Easton. Shout out well, to Miss Spurlock. Definitely, definitely. All right, Easton. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join me here on the second question. Um, you know, I don't know that I'll be able to say this to uh, everybody that I interview, but um, I just love you and I'm so proud of you. And I am, again, thankful that you were able to come and join me here today on my third episode, my third kid on my third episode. I love you too, of course. You know, thank you for, uh, you know, um, you, you got, you were... You and mom were the ones that got me into education. If you guys wouldn't have been teachers, who knows what uh, route I would have uh, picked, but I'm glad that I'm becoming a teacher. And I kind of look at it as I'm uh, carrying on the legacy of uh, Silverman teachers, you know, so hopefully we can have a school named after us one day. <laughs> uh, sounds like a good deal. All right, Easton, thanks again for being here. I appreciate it. Yep, no problem. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. And that's it for today's episode of The Second Question. Thanks for joining us. If you like this podcast, subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget to join us for the next episode where we will answer the second question. Mm -hmm.